Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And I am so excited to be talking to you today because I didn't think I was going to be able to pull it together to put out an episode this week. But I did it. Everyone clap for me. If I was less lazy, I would dub in like an audience roaring with excitement. Um, but I'm not going to because I don't edit this podcast. Uh, that's how you get pure un. Pure, unadulterated DeLorean. Um, But yeah, this was my last week. In case you don't know, I was working... I was working four nights a week at the bar and two mornings a week at Starbucks. And so uh, I had technically one day off, but it's like when you get home at 3 a.m. and then you have to leave at 3 a.m., like 24 hours of not being at work is not really... A day off. So I've kind of been an exhausted mess and my uh, manager had a baby and has been on leave. Um, So I've been working extra hours and there was this thing called St. Patrick's Day. Anyways, I've been fucking tired. My and and you know that that doesn't stop me from working out because like if you just work and then you don't work out, then like your muscles, like you throw your fucking back out. It's not good. It's not good. You got to do your fucking exercises, do your yoga, do your Pilates, do your stretches, whatever. So I'm out here working all the time. Um, uh, cause I'm a wage slave, much like the rest of you. Uh, I'm just not really, I get tipped. So I'm, I'm an escort. I give people the friendship experience anyways. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to have time to finish my research for this topic. Oh, my God. I want to do it justice. Uh, but um, as it turns out, the topic I picked, there is not that much uh, information on it. So it didn't take me that long to research it. And now I just rolled out of bed. I'm drinking coffee. Hopefully I can get the recording without having to stop and take a poop. Um So yeah, that's good. And then, and then from now on going forward, I will have two whole days off a week, which will really help me produce more content. Um, Because ostensibly this is a business and I need to put more time into it. And also it's uh, what I do best. Well, actually fucking your dad is what I do best, but podcasting is the second thing that I do best. So anyways, um... We survived March Dadness. Did I mention that? Did I mention that? That March Dadness? That takes a lot out of my day. I know it's so silly, like, shitposting, voting for hot daddies on Instagram, but, like, it does take up time because I have to, like, Photoshop new brackets. It's a whole thing. Um, And my boyfriend, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, was declared the winner. And that's very exciting um, because if you go to the Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality Instagram, you'll see a photoshopped picture of us together, which uh, my significant other said uh, looked too convincing and he was jealous. And I said, well, just look how happy we are together, me and Jeffrey Dean. Um, And I'm sorry if I'm not speaking linearly. As I said, I just woke up. I'm still caffeinating. Um... But I got to go, I got to work out before I go back to work because, and I, I can't do Pilates today because the two teachers I don't like are the only ones teaching. So I got to go roller skating. I'm going to wear a sports bra so I can get some tanning on my back because I got my back waxed and my skin broke out. So it's like I go from being insecure about a little bit of peach fuzz 
to then my whole back looks like pizza. It's not good. It's not good. Do you understand, ladies, that what we do, that sometimes the things we do cosmetically to fix our insecurities make the situation worse? Like you, you're insecure about your thin lips. So you get injections, and now all people can stare at is your immobile blowfish mouth. And they're like, does she have a shellfish allergy? Does she need an EpiPen? What's wrong with her mouth? You know, so it's like, yeah, no one noticed my peach fuzz on my back but me. And then I got it waxed. And now if I were to wear a tank top, everyone would notice. Um, it's healing, though. And the, the thing about waxing is when I hadn't had a back wax in a couple years. And when you get a wax for, like, the first time, your skin's not used to it. So about a week after the wax, you'll have, like, hor- you'll break out and it'll be, like, ingrowns and stuff because you need to keep exfoliating and... I used a salicylic acid toner, really got things under control. But theoretically, if I keep waxing every four weeks, then the breakouts will go away, which is what happened previously when I used to uh, get my back waxed. And I quit because it was expensive. And now I have a friend who does it who I'm not going to tell her she undercharges, but like this bitch undercharges because like, yeah, I don't know. The place I went before was $45 plus you have to you know you should tip on top of it this girl charges me $25 so with a tip it's still less than I paid before anyways um I think that I'm a real housewife and I just spend my days going to Pilates and getting waxed and all that. And then I don't remember that I'm working class until I get in my 2001 Mazda Miata to drive to my job as a bartender um, where I literally clean toilets. So um, anyways, what, what were we talking about? Today's topic, which there is sadly not enough information on out there. We're going to do a show about Nasi Kong Kong. And you're going, what? What is Nasi Kong Kong? And that's what I would have said two weeks ago. But um, I listened to this podcast called Rice to Meet You. And it is a comedy podcast about Asian culture hosted by two, get this, Asian comedians. One is named Evelyn Mock. I believe she has Chinese heritage but was raised in England. The other one is Nigel Ng, who was is from Malaysia. He was raised there. And then I think he splits his time between like the U.S. and Britain. But it's weird because now, you know, due to COVID, they, they're like quarantining in different places with uh, – Family. So anyways, I don't know their whole life stories. I don't know their whole life stories. I discovered it because it was like three in the morning and I'd woken up for no reason and I was thinking about fried rice and I was looking for fried rice recipes and I found this guy on YouTube who does commentary on like cooking shows where they make fried rice and it's clear it's a character like he is from Malaysia. He is Malaysian, but it's clear that he's playing an exaggerated character and the character's name is Uncle Roger. And uh, some people are familiar with this. And so he does like commentary on like cooking shows where people make fried rice to say like, what, what are they doing wrong? And it's very, very funny. And interestingly enough, Gordon Ramsay was the only one who he's, he didn't have anything bad to say about like it surprisingly he was like oh god Gordon Ramsay's doing it right like literally every step he was shocked 
Um, so I watched like seven of these fucking fried rice videos. Sorry. And then I get up the next morning and I go to Sprouts because I'm not going to make fried rice because I don't eat carbs. Um, I'm like a workout maniac since my surgery. I've lost 21 pounds. Not that weight matters, but um, it feels really good to be like, oh, yeah, I have my abs are ripped. How exciting for me. So anyways, I'm not fucking around with carbs because uh, carbs, carbs will make you gain weight. Carbs will cause inflammation. They'll make your joints hurt. You know what I don't want as I heal from this surgery is inflammation because if I have too much caffeine or carbs, I can't move my right leg. It's a whole thing. I'm still on physical therapy. So anyways not going to make fried rice with carbs. So I'm like, I'll make cauliflower fried rice and I don't eat eggs. So, uh, I don't, I don't, I no longer claim to be vegan because it's a cult and I take supplements that aren't vegan. And, um, I was a member of that cult for 20 years and I got out. Right. Like, and I don't, I like, I'm like an ex-Scientologist. Like, I don't want to speak out against the church because they're so fucking virulent in like their persecution of any dissenters, but it's like, dude, fuck you guys. You're in a fucking cult. It's a fucking cult. I'm sorry. You aren't saving the world by eating bread just because it's a fucking plant. Um, anyways, or wearing vegan leather, which is in fact plastic and toxic to the people who make it, the people who wear it and the environment. In fact, I would almost say that vegan, quote unquote, vegan leather is the most inhumane textile out there. And you can listen to Close Horse Podcast, who's covered that extensively and has like faced a lot of bullying for speaking out against vegan leather, which is plastic. Anyways, anyways, veganism is a cult, so I no longer claim membership to it. But I'm like, but I don't, I don't eat eggs. It's not my thing because I, I, I haven't eaten eggs in 30 years. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll get like some tofu and, um, cauliflower we'll get the peas the carrots like we'll make this we'll make this fried rice um I forget what else was in it because this is like a month ago which is forever to me and I make my vegan fried rice which was delicious and tasted nothing like fried rice like nothing like it um but what are you gonna do I ate it. It was delicious. It gave me gas, which is pretty much the story of every single thing that I cook. Uh, because if it doesn't give me bad breath or make me fart, I probably don't think it tastes good. I just, I'm a naturally gross human being. So a lot of people will gravitate to things that like will give them diabetes, like cookies. They're not going to give you bad breath. They're not going to give you gas. They'll give you diabetes, you know? Um, they'll cause long-term damage. And I'm I'm attracted to things that there's no long-term damage, but it's short-term damage. So it's like, yeah, it's good for my body. It'll make me healthy. No one's going to want to kiss me. No one's going to be around, want to be around when I toot. So I do that. And um, oh my God, can you hear my fucking dog barking in the background? If anyone wants my dog, Ralphie, you can have him. He's the fucking worst. He's the fucking worst. And we've already decided, like, not if Zach and I get divorced, neither one of us want him. Because I can't... Can you imagine being alone, like, single and dating, and you have this fucking dog? He's literally the worst dog. So anyways... um, (sighs) 
Okay, Daddy's yelling at them. I think he has it under control. Um, dude, I'm gonna have to edit this fucking show. Okay, I think he calmed down. Okay, so fried rice, Uncle Roger. What happened next? Oh, yeah. I was like, this guy is really funny. Like, who is this guy who plays this character? So I find him on Instagram. I follow him. And then I find his podcast, Rice to Meet You. And um, it is really, really funny. And I think it's because the dynamic between the two hosts. He's kind of a mean older brother. And she's like an overly in her feels single woman. You know what I mean? Like, she's like crystals eat pray love emotional processing like which is a healthy like I don't want to mock it because like people who are always talking about their feelings or processing things are great these are people who are seeking mental health they aren't just burying their issues but it's really funny sometimes when people talk about it publicly uh which let's be real I have a podcast that's exactly what I do um, but it's funny because it's like uh, I don't know it's like awkward for other people to hear you process that's why you pay therapists like not because they have any greater insight into your existence but just like it's someone who's more used to the tone of that sort of thing and the way it made me feel was this and it triggered this feeling from when I was a child and immediately I felt like I was five years old again and I just think that Cheryl shouldn't have been so dismissive of me at brunch and it's like okay if you tell that to me like at a bar I, I'm going to be like, ugh, ugh. it's like something, ugh. but if you tell it to a therapist, they're going to be like, that's an excellent analysis. So it's just like with therapy, you're paying for the safe space to talk about your cringy thoughts. And we all need to process those thoughts, but it's like, you got to set and setting. Um, it's just like, uh, how like ugly dudes with little dicks, um, have to go see like escorts who won't acknowledge you know what I mean because like it's a longer road for an unattractive person to have sex so like they're able to jump to the front of the line with getting sex if they just pay someone you know what I mean and the, and the escort's not going to be like oh you have a little dick it doesn't really work for me like the escort is a professional like they will know how to make that little dick work and get you off and make it feel like you had a satisfying sexual experience whereas if you were like with a non-professional, they might not know how to navigate your specific territory. Like you might have to get them drunker to want to sleep with you because you're not attractive. And then they might, you know, not quite know how to go about like giving you a hand job on your tiny dick that only two fingers fit around. So it's you, and, and that's, this is the best analogy I've ever come up with. Because when you tell like a friend about something that you're processing, they might not understand because they are not a professional. But if you tell a therapist about it, they will understand. And I recently learned the term emotional dumping, which is like when you're going through something and you like spill your guts out to someone like a friend or an acquaintance because you you are vulnerable, you're traumatized, you need emotional support, but you're dumping the burden of that on someone who is not qualified to handle it. And I've thought about that a lot because um, when I was in my dark place before my surgery and I was feeling very lost and alone and sick and powerless and um, a, a certain friend who was like my 
best one of my bestest girlfriends and I like kind of like spilled my guts to her about how horrible I felt you know and scared and all this and she was very dismissive of me and um that was a year ago and I'm still hurt by it and then I go well were you just emotionally dumping because she wasn't equipped to handle what you said Although I would like for someone who's my friend who who says they love me, I would like for them to put an effort into saying, at least listening and saying, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Give me the empty offer of if there's anything I can do to help you or uh, I wish I could do something like just, I you know, don't offer solutions necessarily. Just like listen and and make it known that you understand that. Uh, someone's hurting. And um, that whole experience has made me a better listener and more empathetic human being. Because I think a lot of times when someone comes to you with a problem, our instinct is to offer a solution. Like someone will go, oh, my back hurts. And then the other person will go, oh, I slipped a disc. Da, da, da. Let me tell you my story about it. And it's like, no, what what you need to say is, I'm so sorry. What what do you need? Or just ask, are you going to the doctor? What's going on with the doctor? Just ask open-ended questions rather than like give guidance. So anyways, I don't know yet. I can't, I haven't decided yet if I emotionally dumped on my friend or if my friend's a fucking cunt. I haven't decided, but I don't think that we're friends anymore, which makes me sad because I don't really have any female friends locally um but uh but everyone who listens to this podcast is my friend so like I don't I don't need real friendships where we like have coffee and talk you know I don't need friendships where we go on hikes or spend any amount of time together I have listeners and that is even deeper of a meeting to me um okay 18 minutes in I'm explaining that I listened to this podcast, Rice to Meet You. It's really good. Everyone subscribe to Rice to Meet You. Um, on a recent episode, Evelyn, the female, was talking about dating, and Nigel said, oh, you just need to do Nasi Kong Kong, and uh, briefly touched on what it is, and I said, that's a show. So what Nasi Kong Kong is, is it is a... Um, uh, it's a BOMO ritual the to help enchant a man. But let me explain. Okay. I did. I have, like, the least notes I've ever had for an episode. So Malaysia is a country in Southeast Asia. And, um, d- uh, <laughs> Why? Why am I like this? Why am I like this? Okay, Malaysia is a country in Southeast Asia. And in Malaysia, the established religion is Islam, but they're allowed religious freedom. And so um, they have, because like they have this culture of shamanism, basically, like, and these people are called bomos and bomos are a shaman. There's another type of like spiritual person there that has to do more with controlling the earth. And I didn't write down the term for that because it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about bomos, which people 
like we'll say, oh, it's a medicine man or a witch doctor or a traditional medicine practitioner. Um, but a Bomo is like primarily they're like a healer, herbalist, sorcerer. I mean, they're they're a shaman. There's they're a shaman. There's not really a better translation for it because I've read a lot about like different people, like academics explaining how like all these other words that are used. Uh, as synonyms for Bomo are inaccurate and the best one to use is a shaman and they interact with the spirits and the ritualistic practices of the Bomo are forbidden in Islam but in Malaysia despite having a established religion they are allowed uh, religious freedom so it's kind of nice where they're like okay listen guys like this is the religion we want you to have but like do what you want because Bomos date back to prehistoric tribal people of Malaysia. So, like, as far as we remember, as far as we know, that, like, this Bomos have been practicing. Um, And so what Nasi Kong Kong is, is a Bomo ritual. In English, like, Nasi Kong Kong translates to crotch rice or squat rice. And, um... What the woman does is she squats over a pot of steaming rice and lets like the sweat and juices of her uh, loins go into the rice. And then you stir the rice and you serve it in a meal to um, the man that you want to fall in love with. And so um, the stories often involve a woman, usually a scorned wife. She'll cook a pot of rice for her husband um, after the rice is cooked, she squats over the steaming bowl, naked, obviously, from the waist down, and the sweat fluids, they condensate, they drip down into the rice, and she'll stir it <laughs> vigorously, is what it says. She'll stir it vigorously, and she'll serve it to her unsuspecting husband. Um in some cases, a woman would be instructed by the BOMO to add other ingredients into the mix, like fingernails or fecal matter. And then when the target eats the Nasi Kong Kong, um, he's thought to be under the woman's control and can never leave her. So, like, not too long ago, there was a story about this woman who was, like, a house servant. I think she was from Indonesia. And she cooked her menstrual blood into the food of her employers. And, like, it was such a headline because people could not believe that she did this horrible thing. And they assumed that it was an act of aggression or whatever on her part. But the thing was like her employers were not treating her well so she did the nasi kong kong with her menstrual blood and her intention wasn't to hurt them or disgust them um it was to get them to be nicer to her like okay you'll be nicer to me if i enchant you by making you eat my menstrual blood and i'm gonna be real um i've enchanted many men by serving them my fluids and i don't want to say this to brag i'm just The one time I dated a pseudo-celebrity, they did become addicted to my fluids and said it was the best they ever taste and compared it to ambrosia, which is, in case you don't know, we're not talking about ambrosia salad like that you would serve in the 70s. Ambrosia, uh, mythologically, is like nectar of the gods. So, um, you know, I'm not saying, like, whatever. I'm just saying, like, it is enchanting when you serve someone your pussy juice. I also, during a time in my life when um, I had, like, issues where, like, I was... 
I, I was on my period more than I wasn't. Like I was bleeding like three weeks out of the month. Um, I happened to be fortunate enough to date this like, again, super rich guy and crazy. He's a crazy person. I can't believe he didn't live under a bridge. Instead, he had like multiple $3,000 a month penthouses in different cities. And um, anyways, he had a fetish for period blood and was like, oh, yeah, I think it's when a woman is at her most powerful. And I was like, wow, I'm glad to discover that's your kink because I'm literally bleeding all the time. And um, long story short, I enchanted him, too, to the point where, like, after, like, I don't know, he was crazy and we didn't talk for six months. And then he contacted me and wanted me to move to what did he say? Thailand? Indonesia? He wanted me, whatever. He wanted me to move there with him for a year. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, we're not even seeing each other anymore. He's like, yeah, we are. And I was like, we haven't talked in six months. He's like, yeah, we have. And I had to like pull the receipts, but I was like, I don't know. But I think like, was he crazy before I met him? Yes. Did the enchantment of my Nazi Kong Kong also, you know, make him um, become addicted to me? It's possible. It's possible. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I you shouldn't serve people stuff without their consent. We live in an age of consent, informed consent. Um, so, you know, I've never unknowingly served anyone my pussy. It'd be weird if they're just, like, sleeping and I just, like, lower down onto them and let them snore on it. <laughs> fun that's real fun um okay um I'm just like picturing it and then also picturing what it would feel like to have someone be like me 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 and it probably would feel good <laughs> okay so, uh, Nazi Kong Kong operates on the black magic concept that feeding impure substances to the victim subjugates them to the spellcaster's whims, um, which is interesting. So, I guess, like, it is – I understand how fecal matter could be considered impure, but I don't know, like, if – but apparently period blood and pussy sweat are also considered impure substances – um, it was brought up on the recent Patreon, sex, drugs, and spirituality. Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry. I'm so, I'm like not awake yet. Um, Patreon.com slash sex, drugs, and spirituality. It was brought up on a recent episode with Rob Love on Rob Love Raw, just the cap where I um, hashtag Rob Tudum into taking shrooms with me. Uh, we were pondering, like, when people like to have their mouth shit on, like, do they swallow it or spit it out? Because I honestly don't know. Um, I watched two documentaries. One is called Gringo, and it's about John McAfee, the software guy who went crazy and, like, tried to take over this town in Belize. And he paid the local girls to shit in his mouth. And this is, like, the least evil thing about him because he was, like, a really evil bad person and he had people killed and he was, like, yeah, he sucked. But 
in this area of Belize, like the average wages, I think they said, were $5 a day. And he would pay these girls $100 a day to be his quote unquote girlfriends. And what he liked was, because I don't think they had sex, he liked for them to sit on this hammock with a hole cut in it and they would, he'd lay under the hammock and they would shit into his mouth. And I think like he was like this super rich, powerful guy who's like taking over an island. And what he liked is he picked these girls that were like poor, 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 like poverty, these impoverished little girls and he liked to have them subjugate him and so because they say like most people who are into being like tied up and whipped and stuff it's wealthy white men because it's the reversal of roles and so it kind of makes sense that this guy is like you know wealthy he can do whatever the fuck he wants um and so he's like the only way he can feel like that the opposite turn is to have um, poverty girls shit in his mouth. And um, so we watched that, and that was like a while ago. Um, and then this new series came out about – what the fuck is that? Peter Nygaard, the Canadian fashion guy who is a terrible, horrible rapist person. And people were saying that he was worse than John McAfee, which I couldn't believe. I absolutely could not believe. And it turns out he is. He's way worse. He drugs and rapes women. Like, it's fucking terrible. He kidnapped the Miss America. Like, it's – or she might have been Miss Canada. I can't fucking remember. But anyways, and he has this island uh, in the Bahamas, and his house is incredible. It looks like it was designed by Joe Rohde, who's an Imagineer for Disney, who made Animal Kingdom. His house is fucking incredible. It turns out this guy designed it all himself. I looked it up because I could not believe that he didn't have a designer in on this project. This place is fucking wild. And guess what he likes to do? Other than drug and rape women and shoot up like 500 times the amount of testosterone you're supposed to have. Uh, which is just dangerous. Testosterone is fucking dangerous, man. It, like, listen, men have it. They're supposed to have it. That's great. But if you are doing excessive amounts of injectable testosterone, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a fucking problem because it'll make you hyper-aggressive, hypersexual, like impulsive because like testosterone helps with decisiveness. So if you have really high levels of testosterone, you're going to like make decisions without thinking. Um, for instance, I know a doctor locally who was arrested for masturbating in public twice because he started taking injectable testosterone because his testosterone levels dropped as he aged. And so he was shooting it up. And next thing you know, he's having manic episodes and jerking off all over town. And I'm not sure he's still a doctor anymore. Um, natural ways to elevate your testosterone? Exercise. Lifting weights increases dopamine and testosterone. Anyways, so Peter Nygaard, do you understand what it's like to live with my brain? Do you understand what it's like to live with my brain before, before I've had coffee, a shit, or my Ritalin? It's this. It's this. It's a lot. So Peter Nygaard has this gorgeous island Bahamas house, and he's, you know, shooting up HGH and testosterone, and he's raping people, and he's being pretty much the worst. Um, but also he likes to have his mouth shit in. And I just was like, what is it with these guys? Like, this is just like the billionaire profile, get rich, buy a city, have 
like have economically disadvantaged women shit in your mouth. And he was like, he calls women's asses toilets. He's like, oh, she had a very nice toilet. And and then when they explained the shitting, I go, oh, that's why he calls them toilets. But in fact, sir, you are the toilet. You are the toilet. You are the receptacle for the shit, sir. Um, but uh, so and then there's this clip of him from an interview from a documentary he was financing to have made about himself because he's an egotist like most people with too much testosterone and money. And um, and he's like, uh, nothing bad ever comes out of a woman, if you know what I mean. And then he's like, well, maybe out of their mouths. Like, he's like, I don't want women to talk. I want women to shut up and shit in my mouth. And so I just don't know if he swallows it. When someone shits in your mouth, do you swallow it? Do you have to chew it a little and swallow it? Do you spit it out? Where does the shit go? Where does this shit go? Is it okay to swallow someone else's shit? I'm so confused. Because I feel like when you... Okay, I know sometimes people drink piss, but I think a lot of piss play is just like pissing on each other or like you hold your mouth open and they like piss on your tongue and it splashes off. I don't know. I've never seen a piss porn video. I'm just like doing a lot of wild speculation here. So I don't know if you eat the shit. So, okay. So in... um uh Okay. What was I saying? So the 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 Nazi Kong Kong operates on the black magic concept that feeding impure substances to the victim subjugates them to the spell caster's whims. Um, so apparently, not just shit is impure, but also pussy sweat, period, blood. Um, most Muslims agree that Islam forbids the use of black magic or sorcery to manipulate relationships. Um, which is fine. That's fine. Yeah, you shouldn't, dude, you shouldn't fucking need magic to manipulate your relationships. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't, no one should try to manipulate a relationship. Like it just is what it is. Like either you like get along and there's a mutual understanding and respect or you don't get along and then you got to move on, move on down the road. The only manipulation I do is that I'm like so fucking hot. I'm so fucking sexy that like, I can get away with having my personality. That's the only like man- that's the only manipulation I do, and not just in my romantic relationship. Um, because honestly, his personality is. Ugh. Um, but the it, it's it's my it's the social manipulation that I engage in is that I'm like so fucking hot that like I get a pass for being the weird girl because I know that if I were not um as conventionally attractive that because I have been not, you know, I've been fat with a shaved head before and, uh, people weren't as nice to me. Um, but as like a super fit, you know, I mean, I have rainbow hair now, but like super fit, like blonde lady, like people treat me differently and I do get away with more of being myself. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird that I wear a disguise in order to be myself? Um, yeah, you know, and, and I can manipulate people, like, out of their marriages, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, like, you think you're happy, but all of a sudden you're divorced and your kids who are older than me are calling me mom, and it's, like, a whole thing, and, I, and I'm going to write those kids out of the will because, like, that's just, that's just, like, a life goal is to have stepchildren who are older than me and then write them out of the will because... 
I, I watched the Anna Nicole documentary and I'm very inspired. Okay. Uh, so, uh, sweat rice, yada, yada. Uh, Nazi Kong Kong doesn't work on all man- men. And in fact, if it doesn't work on the man, then something bad will happen to you. So like, that's a note of warning. If you serve someone your pussy rice and he doesn't become enchanted, something bad will happen to you. And I think like, that's just saying that you don't have an enchanting pussy. You know what I mean? And that you should probably go to the doctor because you might have some sort of imbalance. Um, okay. Uh, so sweat rice, quote, as in quote, sweat rice, uh, is a thing that is, uh, practiced similarly in the Caribbean country of Trinidad. And I read about this and in Trinidad, they basically do the same exact thing. They squat over that steaming rice and stir it up. Um, and they call it sweat rice. Uh, there was also something called the love cake from medieval times where one would bake a cake whilst naked and they would rub the dough on their body to absorb their sweat. Um, so you get naked. You make – I just don't – okay. I was thinking of cake, which is a batter that you can't roll on your body. But this isn't the time where, like, cakes were sweet – were like, it was like a sweet bread, so it did have a dough that you could roll. So you're naked. You knead the shit out of that dough. And, like, while you're kneading the dough, you probably work up a little bit of a schwitz. And you rub the dough on your body to absorb all your sweat, and then you bake it up, and you serve it to, uh, this article calls it, the victim, in hopes of making the victim fall in love with the one who baked the cake. Bro, just be a good baker. (laughs) The key to a man's heart is through his stomach. And so you don't have to rub the dough all over your body or like squat over a steaming pot of rice. You just have to be good at cooking. And if you aren't good at cooking, find someone who's never eaten good food before and they will be impressed. Because like 10 years ago, I dated this guy who was vegan but like didn't know how to cook. And I knew how to cook because like I became vegan in like 1998. 99 before like there were vegan shit anywhere and so I had to learn to cook from recipes on angel fire sites and so um in my former life uh in my former life I cooked all the time and so like I would make meals for him that were like super simple like um but he would be blown away because he just was like I I've never had food like this this is so impressive I can't believe you can make a quinoa with uh, pecans and cranberries and balsamic dressing over a bed of steamed spinach. Like, what? It's like, yeah, bro, this is not, like, even that exciting of food. But um, anyway, anyways, so, yeah, that's the thing is, like, okay, just just you don't need to Nazi Kong Kong anything. Just cook good and they'll be impressed. Um or find someone who has really low standards for food, like someone from the Midwest who, like, they just eat hot dish and fucking white bread. Like, they don't fucking know. Date someone like that, and whatever you cook them will be impressive. Or you can be, like, how I am now, and I don't cook, but um, I'm just really attractive, so I don't have to bring anything else to the table. Um, And being attractive is a full-time job, so uh, I think that's fine. Um, cause yeah, I just, you're rubbing the dough all over your body. What do you, I don't want dough all over my body either. 
Although, unless you're, like, dirty, it'll pick up, like, all the lint. It's like a lint roller. <laughs> you just have, like, instead of a lint roller, you just grab, like, a ball of dough. And you're like, oh, let me roll this over my sweater to get all the dog hair off it. But don't serve anyone that dough afterwards. Don't. Don't do it. Um, also, the idea that you would have to put in any effort to make someone become enchanted by you is, like, ridiculous. Because I just don't believe in it. Like, like... I don't believe in competing for a man. So, like, either you're into it or you're not. Like, either this is, like, a true mutual connection or it's not. I'm not going to be like, oh, he likes other girls. What can I do to make myself better than those other girls? Like, because it's not – like, I will never compete with other girls for a man. Like, whoever he wants, he can have. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to – I'm not going to live life with the insecurity of being like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Like – it's like, do you, do you, do you like me? Like, is this a thing? Or do you, is this a mutual thing that we both like each other and we're not really interested in other people because we're so interested in each other? Cool. If it's not, that's fine. We can break up and still be cool. Like, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to compete. I'm not going to go, oh, that guy is not interested in me at all. Let me jump through hoops to make him in. Let me, let me sweat over a pot of rice. Be, I don't even know if it's good for your pussy to get rice steam in it. I don't know if like the the uh, fucking um, the starch does the star is there any starch that comes up with the steam? Are you starching your pussy? Is it gonna make your fucking labes all stiff? Because <laughs> you've just starched your labia. I don't think that's gonna happen. But like. Yeah, it's just not, I'm just not that type of person. You know what I mean? Like, I do normal things like, you know, shave my armpits and my clam or whatever. But, like, I do those whether or not I'm trying to seduce someone or whether or not I'm trying to impress anyone. Because, like, I think more than anything, I just like to look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm hot. Like, oh, I look hot in this. And, like, I feel attracted to myself because, like, I'm impressed with the like visual composition of like what I look like today. And so like that has so little to do with who is going to see me. Like and so people will always my whole life I had pink hair for 12 years and people would be like, "Oh, you do that to get attention or whatever." I'm like, "I just think it looks good. Like it makes me happy when I look in the mirror. I'm an artist. I love beautiful things. I love making things beautiful or aesthetically pleasing based on like my desires and so like it makes me happy to look in the mirror and see this presentation like I've never wanted to lose weight for a man or work out for a man like I do those things because like it makes me feel good it makes me happy with what I see in the mirror and if like other people find me hot my Venmo is at Sydney dash DeLorean because that's kind of my response is like like I especially bartending in the time of COVID, like I've developed regulars who've never seen my face without a mask. And if I take it down to take like a drink of water and they'll be like, oh my gosh, your face, you're really pretty. I'm like, yes, thank you. My Venmo is Sydney-DeLorean because if you want to show your appreciation for what I look like, just give me money because it, it costs money to be attractive. People act like it doesn't. It does. It's time and money. It's a full-time job. That's, it just, yeah. Uh, this, this whole episode makes me sound like such a narcissist. And maybe I am. And maybe I've had too much testosterone and I'm having a manic, like, hypersexual 
<laughs> episode. Um, but anyways, uh, I try to find more about like different BOMO practices and really because I was like, oh, I'll make the whole episode not just about Nazi Kong Kong, but about like the BOMO and like what their sort of shamanism is. And I couldn't really find a lot. And what I did find, it just seems a lot like different like folk magics from different cultures. Like it reminded me of um, voodoo. Um, it, it's just rituals with intention. I mean, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. But yeah, so so I'm sorry that this was not as um, educational as uh, most episodes and that it was mostly me uh, sucking my own dick. Uh, I just think it's impressive that I'm that flexible. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, happy hump day.